serving your best interest is to create the utmost success for you and at the same time allow your literally your adjacent universe to benefit from that success. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode because I'm sitting down with a couple of friends of mine, Dr. Adi and Sophie Jaffe. I cannot wait for you guys to learn from them the way I get to on a regular basis. Uh, Dr. Adi Jaffe is a PhD, a world-renowned specialist in mental health and addiction and shame. So you've probably seen him all over TV on The Doctors and other shows like that because he's literally one of the best in the world. And Sophie is equally amazing. She is a health and wellness expert who shares with her millions of followers how to live a life full of unbounded bliss and balance. And so together, they're the couple behind the Ignited podcast and brand. And this brand is awesome because it deals with the power of relationships, self, partner, family, friends, money, which we talk a lot about, body, beauty, health, all the things. And I love the way they do it because they provide such honest powerful conversations. And they give you the tools so that you as the audience can overcome all your challenges in these areas. As a matter of fact, their most popular episode is when they bared it all and told their own stories of broken trust and shame and infidelity on both sides. So you know that they're going to keep it real on this episode. We're going to talk about how to keep your business thriving while we all face this very uncertain time, especially if you're a parent and you're trying to balance a family underneath one roof. Uh, Dr. Adi is going to discuss how to recognize if you're sliding down that slippery slope of addiction while we're all stuck at home and we have very little accountability and what you can do about it if you're concerned that maybe you are. And one of my favorite parts is when they both describe how they want their children to grow up and view money and success and their very actionable tips for how they are making this happen successfully as a family. They have both built such powerful, helpful brands that there couldn't be two better people to learn from as we face these uncertain times. So I want you to get ready, listen up, take some notes, do whatever you got to do, because here we go. Adi and Sophie, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you guys doing? Really good, man. Thanks for having us on. Listen, I would much rather this be in person, um, but we're in weird times. We're making do. I mean, we could have gotten together six feet apart. I'm down Maybe for that. Across the street. You know? In like big That's bubbles or something like that. Yeah. Let me... Okay, before hard I jump... to talk with masks. Before I jump into the rapid fire, how serious have you guys been about like keeping your perimeter, being on lockdown and all that stuff? I've seen a couple different camps out there. I've seen camp super serious where like nobody is getting near them. I've seen camp... Uh, I'm using common sense. And then I've seen camp like... We're still out partying and doing whatever. Where do you guys fall? I mean, just if you know me, my personality is not to be in a place of fear, not to be overly cautious. That's just not who I am. I can't pretend to be that. And when I do try and like adhere to someone else's principles in life of how they live their life and their rules, it actually just makes me more stressed out and more anxious. So for me, I mean, we have a friend staying with us during this time who used to live with us years ago. 
we have an, a live-in nanny that's staying with us who moved in a week before quarantine. Um, we have a couple friends that we've seen through this process and through this time, and they've only seen one other person. So it's, you know, it's it's definitely we're not seeing a lot of people. I think I've left twice in four weeks, um, but you know, I don't walk around the neighborhood with a mask on. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it unless I have to. So I think it's we're somewhere in the middle. Okay, you know, let's just dive in right away because I love the way that you process. I'm not going to live in a fearful way. Um, I'm not going to just adhere to rules because they're out there. Where did that piece of your personality come from? Um, I grew up in really unstable conditions. So I, my mom and dad divorced when I, they separated when I was six and they divorced when I was eight. And I moved to a different school every year from eighth grade till really till I moved to LA um, when I was 18. So just constantly moving, no stability, unsure of like, who my mom would come home with, who like what boyfriends would be in and out, who would look at me weird, like just a lot of instability, no no rules at all. So to be told what to do um, just goes against the grain of my being because I know inherently what's right for me because I had to figure that out out of survival. So I had to tune into my intuition at a very young age. I had to learn to be adaptable from a very young age and be able to sleep anywhere, go anywhere, be around anyone. And knowing that home was within myself and that inner knowing would guide me forever. So it throws me off my own inner knowing when someone tells me from their outside view what is right for me. And I think especially when it comes to parenting and parenting three little ones, I know best. I'm still going to be informed. I'm still going to read. I'm still going to be educated. Um, I'm definitely not coming from an ignorant place. It's from an informed decision based on knowing myself. I love that. And we talk about two things on this show, right? Generosity. We talk about business. How has that helped your business uh, as we go through this COVID situation? Um, well, I think people, as they always have, but more than ever, are coming to me as a as a resource for love, as a resource for hope, um, as a resource for um, consistent, just self-love, self-care, no matter what, no matter what madness is happening out there. I always have to make time for tuning in to my own rhythm, my own heartbeat, my own breath. Um, and I encourage others to do that by being a living example. And I also share when I'm off my game. I also am very honest when I'm like, I'm spiraling out of control. I've been watching too much news. I've been listening to the outside world. I went out and got takeout and freaked out and like couldn't stop shaking. Like all of these things I shake, share very openly. And I think that that builds a sort of trust with my community where like whatever's going on, I'm going to share that and the takeaways from it so that I can learn and grow. And and I'm always sharing along the way so that other people can can learn from my example. I love that. And you're such a great example to follow. Adi, get in here a minute, my friend. How mm. have you been dealing both business and personally as we are facing this COVID situation? Yeah, I'm always definitely more cautious and more of a um, pragmatic planner, I guess, kind of than Sophie. So it's been an interesting mix. Um, as Sophie might, I mean, the people that live with us live with us. And so I don't consider that... Um, intermixing, intermingling or whatever. But you know, definitely not until the last week or so when you're essentially forced to wear masks if you go into stores, did we start wearing masks? Our baby had to wear um, them. Yeah. I mean, sort of like our nanny took uh, went shopping at Target and had to take the baby with her and she had to go buy a mask for the baby there. 
But I am, and I've been, it's funny actually, because Sophia and I got into a few like tiffs about social events with the earlier, like earlier in this process when people weren't taking it as seriously. And I was like, can we just take a deep breath and hold on for a few more days or like another week to, to see where this is going? Um, I come, my family, I come from a family of physicians. So I also really want to respect the not knowing. You know, Sophie talks about his intuition and I, I'm all for intuition, but sometimes I don't have enough information to know which way to go. And I am not always, you know, I have my reckless side, but for the most part, if I don't know, I'm going to go gather the information first and then make a decision. Yeah, I love that. And you guys balance each other out so well in that way. It's probably one of the reasons why you guys work so well. So what's And we your... learn to respect each other's I mean again, like sometimes right when you recognize that you're in that point of disagreement, there's friction. Mm-hmm. But we learn to respect and honor each other's processes enough to go, okay, hold on. Where's the, their compromise? How do we come into the middle where both of our views of the world get respected? I love that. And one of the reasons one of the reasons I was so excited to have you guys on is, is obviously Lori and I don't have kids. So we don't know what it's like to both be entrepreneurs under one roof running two extraordinary brands uh, in this crisis great, economy. Great. Right? It's insane. Yeah. So yeah. how are you guys making that work? What's your advice to the so, parents out there? Uh, as we said, we have a live-in nanny that... Oh, thank you. Um, we have a... Adidas pointed at me. We have a, a live-in nanny who we moved in a week before quarantine hit. So she drove her car across the country from Ohio, moved in, went to like one baby class, picked him up from school once, and then was like on lockdown. Is on lockdown. Um, So she goes to the grocery store for us. She goes to Whole Foods. She goes to Target. She does all the runs. She enjoys it. It's letting her get some time outside of the home. In many respects, it's not that different than our day-to-day because Adi works from home downstairs. I work from home upstairs, which has flipped my world a little bit because now the kids are home. But in terms of the kids being here 24-7, we're just having to create a new normal, um, really learning how to... I'm really a manager of this, of the whole home, of the nanny, of the children, of Adi, of you know all of... All the, the cleaning lady, all of it. I'm a, I manage the whole ecosystem to make sure it flows and we, I get what we need as a family. And I think that that's really imperative having the kids. They're in very different phases. We have an almost two-year-old baby girl um, named Noah. And then we she's a toddler. She's busy. She's loud. She can barely express herself. So she screams. She's... It's a very cute scream. It's kind of like being on mushrooms. Um, <laughs> if you've ever taken mushrooms, she's just laughing and then crying and then laughing and then crying and then screaming and then confused. And it's just like, it's it's a trip to be with her. And then we have two boys that are seven and nine, almost eight and 10. And they're in school. They're first and third grade. They have a loose curriculum of what they need to be doing every day. And so we're, I'm trying to help um, while integrating our new nanny into the family and this big change and COVID, I'm trying to also slowly give her more responsibility to take the reins on kind of being their teacher um, in many ways so that I can just sit back and manage and observe and be the mom and not all of those roles. Because without a DNI working, then we don't have a safe home to live in. And we right. don't, we can't, I, I am the kind of pulse. Everyone feels a D too. They feel our energy. So the kids go off our energy. If we're frantic and scared and anxious about money or resources or whatever, like they're going to feel that. So our job is to keep that system going and the, and the foundation strong and then have help along the way. What's the greatest surprise gift 
that's come out of this whole situation for you guys so far? Oh my God, all the family time, like mm. the dinners, the the like. We're having more sit down dinners and more time with the kids than we did all last I year. Probably I probably did yeah. already more than all of last year. Get kid time. It's because it's now wow. illegal for me to steal a D for our guys' dinners. So I apologize. I'll take oh, part we're gonna of that. Do that. We're going to do that virtual one. I know. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm missing that. You know, one thing I learned from you and guys like you, um, Chris, that has helped me figure out how to do this in the last couple of years is to ask for help. I feel like a lot of us, I don't know if it's especially true for men, but I'm going to speak to my personal experience. A lot of men learn, figure it out, figure out how to do it and then go do it. If you have to ask for help, you're weak. And the more I started meeting other guys that are actually successful and that I get to look up to, the more I found out it's actually the opposite. Um, having a community that you can rely on, that you can lean on, that you can ask for help or just advice or just just vent to when things aren't working the way you want them to or go to resource... like All the things that Sophie describes from the nanny and our friend, our friend who's home, like we have her help because you know the whole idea of it takes a village to raise a kid is true. It takes a village to live life fully. And so for me, really, especially the last couple of years, it's been down to going, okay, well, Sophie talked about herself as the manager, but what pieces do we have to put in place so that the if she's the CEO of the Jaffe family, then kind of like what helpers does she need in place to make that whole family run as well as possible? Yeah. So I'm fascinated. You're talking about this dynamic of family and, and this challenge that we're facing you know, in your podcast and your brand Ignited. I know one of your big missions is to lower the divorce rate across the globe. What yeah. do you think is going to happen to the divorce rate uh, coming out of this situation? Mm. Will it be, oh my God, amazing, we got reconnected? Or is it going to be like, I learned I was living with a stranger and we're out of here? I mean, we're hearing both stories, yep. to be honest. So, um, I have multiple fam. I know multiple women who were on the verge of either divorce um, or separation. Or separation and they're together now. They're in they're in it. They're doing virtual therapy. They're facing each other. Um, for the most part, it's good. And then, you know, I think that there's some stories that I'm not hearing directly, but people who are struggling, finding out their husbands have been cheating, um, having being forced to be with abusive men um, when typically they go to work all day and now they're home, um, abusive to the children, abusive to the wives. So I think we'll probably have a little of both, a lot of both. Um, but in the end, I feel like those that can stick it out, like this is giving them that second opportunity to really fight for it. Well, you, you know how they say that um, money doesn't change you, it just shows more of who you are. Um, I think the same can be true for what's happening to us right now. Mm -hmm. If you're an angry guy who just likes to bitch at everybody and complain and, and take out your aggression at who's around. And you before, you could have distractions all day. So you could go to the gym and get really mad at the guy on the machine that you wanted to use. And then you go to work and you bitch at half your colleagues. And then you come home and you yell at your kids and your wife. It got distributed. Well, now you got to sit with it. And it's so much more isolated, so much more concentrated that you, you only get a handful of options. One of them is figure your shit out. Mm -hmm. We can swear on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Right? Swear away, man. Okay. Um, one of them is figure your shit out and just move through it because you actually have the time to get the work. Or I'm guaranteeing what is also happening to some people is the people around them in their lives are realizing uh, kind of their core personality and going, I'm, I'm not in, I'm gone. Mm. So we're definitely hearing about both angles. 
we're always here. You said what our our uh, mission is. Our goal is to step in there and help for those who are interested in making it work. Yeah, and I think just sitting sitting in the stuff, like sitting in the discomfort. We've been through cheating on both sides of our relationship, and um, we really we really believe in just giving it a fighting chance instead of running. And that's really what that's about. It's not about not divorcing someone who you don't have a good relationship with. If you guys, you know, if your husband's if there's domestic violence, if you're there, if you know anything that's kind of crossing a line or you've fallen out of love, by all means, we're just talking about kind of that ADD part of our society where it's like, oh, well, there's a problem, I'm going to leave. Oh, there's yeah. a problem, I'm going to leave. Oh, I'm going to leave my job, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Instead, we prefer that people sit and do the work, whether it's therapy, facing each other, doing whatever it is that they need to do, and and usually they know what it is they need to do, but they just don't feel like it. Um, and they think it's like the grass is always greener and it just isn't. Yeah. It I just could, isn't. I, I love the way that you guys help people through that. Now, your business models, part of it in the past has been to have events and things like that. Obviously, this has shifted with what we're facing. So for each of you, how has what's had to change in your business models or in how you execute them? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of in lots of different verticals because I'm an influencer, I'm a yoga instructor and healer. Um, I lead moon circles. Like I have a lot of different verticals that I hit. It all works for me, but it's, you know, it's hard to just answer that in one hit. Um, I'm teaching for the first time regular classes now. I'm teaching a weekly Sunday class, um, 9.30 a.m. every Sunday on a virtual platform. Where can they find it? Plug it, plug it. um, it's called Live Kick Studio. Um, so I think it's... Oh yeah, it's livekick.com slash Sophie. Awesome. Um, now, were you teaching regularly in a physical no, studio prior to this? I wasn't I wasn't teaching regularly at all. I, was, I do international retreats, um, which I've been doing for almost a decade. And then I do um, several times a year. Sometimes we do retreats together. And then I teach workshops, in-person workshops or special events for my philosophy brand. But... I don't, I haven't had a regular weekly schedule since our nine year old was born. Yeah. Um. So it's really nice. I had fifty two people yesterday in my class, um, from all over the world, all logged in, connecting. I made my playlist. I made my, you know, my routine. It just is so nice to be teaching again in this way. And it's not just a yoga class. It's it's a spiritual experience. And so that's what I really love is that I can like offer all these stress relieving staying present to our feelings tips um, through the physical movement, through our intuition. And it's such a gift to me to be able to provide and to share space with so many different people and to transform people's lives and give them the strength to take on the next week ahead. And I wouldn't have carved out space to teach a weekly class no matter how much they paid because it's just not part of my flow. I'm too full typically. But right now I have extra space. Okay, Sophie, I have to ask, because you said you've been teaching tips on this thing. Please help some of the listeners out. Like, What are some of the easy things they can do to still feel like they're living in a sane, blissful, balanced kind of way? What are you teaching right now? Um, Well, I'd say if you are feeling a little off balance, the first thing to do is come to your breath. So just close your eyes. Wherever you are, close your eyes and bring your feet to the earth and connect to the earth. So feel your feet supporting you connected to the earth, supporting you, feel your heart beat, bring one hand to your heart and just feel your breath. Connecting to our breath can be so powerful. Connecting to that heartbeat, 
and really just tuning into the rhythm of where your body is. Um, I think that that can be so powerful just right there because before, if you really think about the range of emotions that we went through pre um, quarantine, I feel like you probably experienced happy and sad mad, frustrated. And that was kind of it for the most part. If you have a full... If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a business owner. You're probably pretty um, busy, full, doing a lot of things, a lot of different directions. And um, (laughs) I think that now we're forced to experience a whole new spectrum of emotions and feelings and sit in it as we keep talking about in this episode. And that is really something that I'm encouraging people to do is take a moment every day, whether you're moving your body, you're sitting in meditation, you're sitting with your breath, you're um, having a dance party with your family, you're doing whatever it is, a walk and feel what comes up, what feelings are coming up because some of them are uncharted territory. Some of them we've never felt before. Many of us in our past pre-quarantine life would just distract. I'm feeling something. Let me grab my phone. I'm feeling something. Let me go see a friend. Um, I don't like this feeling. I'm going to lift weights and distract myself. Like All of this stuff, this busyness doesn't allow us to really feel and process our feelings. So there are lots of ways for self-care. You can go to my page, sophie.jaffe. You can see all the different self-care tips. Um, But really, it's about connecting to your inner knowing and figuring out, do I need a bath right now or do I need to run? Do I need to talk with a friend or do I need to meditate? And feeling our feelings is so important instead of just smashing them down and then having to deal with them later. Um, that's only going to create more anxiety. Let's all feel what's happening within our bodies. And then just take a moment, just a breath before you grab a drink, before you call, you get on your phone to go on in- Instagram or social media before you get into a fight with someone or respond or react, let's just take a breath and connect to the feeling behind it. Okay. Adi, I swear I'm going to bring you in in a minute, but I just want to ask her one further question on this. Let's say they're under a busy household or a smaller home and they want to take that breath. They want to take that moment for themselves. They want to take that bath. And they've got a couple screaming kids and a husband who is not very supportive or whatever. Let's just say chaos. How can they stand up for themselves and create that space? I mean. Put the put a TV on for the kids. Put some PBS on. Something really good and nourishing for their brains. Put an online yoga class for your children on the screen. Let them like let go of your own rules of way it should look. Should is out the window right now. Do what you need. Let them watch a thirty minute show and take a bath. Let them take a thirty minute show. Or watch a thirty minute show and meditate in the closet in peace and quiet. I find the quietest little spots to go record, to go like, I had no idea we had all these hidden places. Um, Walk outside and breathe in the air for five minutes. If you have babies and they won't watch TV, give the baby to an older sibling or your your husband or whoever for just five minutes and say, I'm going to go take a walk for five minutes. It doesn't take much. And these little check-ins throughout the day can transform your mood and then amp up the next moment. I love that. That's so good. One of the things is sometimes you have to actually ask. Like, yeah. right, going back to that thing we talked about earlier. 100%. A lot of times when people aren't supportive, they need a very clear, very explicit request. I need five minutes or I'm going to lose my shit. Yep. Here's the baby. I don't care what you do with her. Yeah. Just enjoy the next seven minutes because I'm going to go in the other room and breathe or scream in a pillow or or we're going to have a really tough few days. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like 
Take the, your power. The pressure is on right now. And, you know, that whole thing, right? Out of pressure come diamonds. Yes, mm-hmm. normally it takes time. And one of the things that it's going to take time to create that diamond is changing the way you act. Mm-hmm. So if before you would just deal with your own crap, hoping that other people will give you what you need over and over and over and not getting it and becoming resentful, now is the time to stand up and ask for what you need. Mm. And shift. If you used to have a nanny who came three days a week and now she's not coming because of this thing, you got to figure it out. You got to either find shows that work, that if that works with your flow or podcasts, there's a million podcasts we love for kids that are so educational. My kids right now are on an art website where they're learning art and they love it. And they're sitting down and it's a screen, but they're learning and they're creating beautiful art. So figure it out. I'm a, I am an open book. DM me and ask me for ideas depending on how old your kids are. I can promise you no one is more busy than I am that's listening right now. And I figure out a way to prioritize self-care. So I'm, I would challenge you to ask me what, you know, how I can support you and what, you know, what you can do to drop into the present moment. Just give me five minutes of your time and I will support you. I love that. Slide in her DMs because like she's so supportive when it comes to this stuff. And you genuinely love helping human beings through this. This is what lights you up. So yeah. it'd be silly for people to not like take you up on that kind of offer. Yeah. Now, Adi, I want to switch things just a tiny bit to your area of expertise because right now people are stuck at their homes. They're left to their own device. They're facing uncertainty and fear during a challenging time. What are some of the most common addictions and areas of shame that you see popping up for people right now? Yeah. So first of all, all the clients I've worked with over the years are definitely, definitely, definitely drinking more, smoking more weed, taking more pills, watching more porn, all the stuff that they they normally do. Um, and then really anxious, depressed, and scared. I mean, I, I hear that over and over and over in everybody that I work with. So that's that's one thing. The thing is that's happening is also people who don't normally struggle with it, right? Even the people who normally wouldn't consider themselves as having these problems, they're finding themselves in this situation where they're drinking way more than they normally would. Or um, all of a sudden starting to rely on, you know, drinking nightly. I mean, I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm just going to use some personal examples. Like yeah. I don't consider myself having an issue with alcohol at all anymore and really haven't since the end of college. But we're as a household, we're drinking more than we have. Us too. Because, yeah, it's just like you're just fucking home all the time. Yep. So so you end up filling the time. And boredom is unfortunately one of the signs. So for some of us, that's leading to, you know, a drink or two a day. But there are a lot of people out there that are getting into that, you know, four, five, six, seven drinks a day are finding themselves starting early, finding it interfering with their partnerships, with their daily functioning, and if they have a family with their kids. Okay. How do you know when it's a problem? So same thing in our household here. Now we have happy hour every single night, not something that we did before. I would say if Lori and I had cocktails twice a week before, now it's five nights a week, six nights a week. And we'll take one night where we're like, we don't want to drink just to show ourselves that, you know, we like to feel better, right? So- Let let me give you more context. How do you know when it's actually turning from something that's healthy to something that could be a problem? Uh, The other morning, I woke up and I'm like, ooh, I can't wait for a happy hour tonight. And I can't wait to pick out what I'm going to have for my drink. And I thought, that's a weird thought to have at 8 (laughs) a.m. Totally. So a couple of things. And I'm going to talk about it on two different levels, the biological and the psychological. One of the things I think you really want to pay attention to is your quantity. 
your body adapts to what you put into it. We all know it. You know, you guys work out regularly. If you lift a certain amount of weight every single day, your body gets used to it. All of a sudden, it's not that hard. You got to increase the weight for your body to react. If you're a runner, if you run around the block twice, initially it might be tough. Three weeks later, like, oh, this is pretty easy. You start running longer. Well, the same thing happens with drugs and alcohol. So I kind of have the standard in my head where I don't really go above two drinks. Um, and, and that's just a standard I've had for a really, really long time. Now, if I'm at a wedding, if I'm like at some thing, then it'll extend beyond that. But on a regular everyday basis, I typically just will not go above that. I'm trying to maintain the exact same thing right now. Um, that does a couple of things. First of all, you, um, you space your drinks out. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you drink other things in between the drinks to kind of give yourself some more time. Otherwise, you know, you have your first two drinks at 6 and 7 p.m. By 9, you want to go to pass out because you're tired. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing in terms of really pay attention to the amount that you're consuming across anything. You asked when it's a problem, and then I'm going to get into the psychological piece. The compulsion obsession thing is absolutely part of the puzzle. I would argue right now you just don't know, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're not going out with your friends. Mm-hmm. You're not. You guys aren't going to check out a movie out in the world. You're not. Do, you're not doing ninety percent of the things you would have been doing otherwise. You're not going for your. Are you still doing your nightly? Still walk? doing the walks. I haven't given up awesome. on that. Good, good, good. So a lot of the things that you've done in the past are out the window, and so you have to fill them in with more things. How do you know it's a problem? Um, you know it's a problem first and foremost when it starts interfering with other things. That's the biggest indicator. Like, like if you don't want to work out in the morning because now you don't feel good or something like that. That, that would be a big one. Or if you call you call in a meeting and you're like, hey guys, can we push the meeting to 10? Mm. Right? Because you feel like shit because you That's drank too much. Sign. Like that. Those, those things are signs. Um, but for people like you and I who are pretty high functioning, I think it comes a step before. So... You got concerned when you had a thought you're not used to having. Mm-hmm. I would call that, that's not the sign of problem, but that's the sign that your brain already recognizes that if you keep going this way for too long, it will be a problem. And I think for a lot of people right now who don't consider themselves problem drinkers in general, or maybe we're kind of toying with the idea of do I have a problem or not, right now is the time to pay attention to those thoughts. And here's the challenge. And I'll give you the same challenge. Next time you have that inclination, Make that your signal that today is not a drinking day. Mm. Go right against the inclination. Go, you know what? I'm going to go with the thought. I'm really excited about what I'm going to drink at happy hour, but it's not going to have alcohol in it. What am I going to make for myself? I think you know. You talked so well when this thing first hit and you and I were texting. You're like the master of pivoting, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, shit hit the fan. We got to be adaptable. How do we change? I think if you get really good training on how to do that with your habits, nothing can hold you back. Oh, that's nothing. good. That's good. That's really good. Okay, so now talk to the person who's spiraling out of control. This is not the person who's like, oh, is this becoming a problem? This is the person who's like on the computer all day long looking at porn or you know, drinking yep. the non- nonstop or going back to drugs that they know are damaging for them. What do they do when they've got nobody around to hold them accountable? Like They don't have a job to show up to. They don't have... People totally. that they see, like they are almost in this safe space of being allowed to misbehave, if that makes sense. 100%. And the biggest tip I'm going to give you is just grab on to anything, right? You have to fill up your day. So I'm going to give a little plug right here. But you know, I told you before we started that Ignited has 
scaled up everything that we're doing. And part of the reason that we scaled it up is I have clients who have nothing to do. And I knew if we don't step in and fill in their days with things to do, we're going to do them a disservice. Mm-hmm. So a month, month and a half ago, Ignited had three weekly support groups. They were great. They're amazing. I led one of them. Uh, pretty dirt cheap, like 150 bucks, 190 bucks a month. So you're paying like $20 a group by the time it was done. Amazing concept. Then this thing hit. We're now at eight groups. I just talked to a few other coaches that we're going to bring in. We're going to be at 10 by the end of April, hopefully wow. at 12 for the exact same price. Wow. Uh, and we built in a two-week trial for 100% for free so that if you need help right now and you know that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you've got one or on some of those days, two groups that you can log into, talk. We are all about no shame. You know, I wear my fuck shame bracelet yep. on my wrist. Um, we're all about no shame. Nobody's going to tell you, hey, don't drink before you come here. Like None of that shit exists. It's just a place to come, listen to others, or vent and talk about what's going on for you. For you know now, at like 10 groups a week, that's 40 groups. It's like $5 a group now. How, it's insane. How, how do people find it? How do they become a part of this? So the easiest way to do it is ignitedrecovery.com. Uh, and we'll give the link. It's ignitedrecovery.com. And... Um, and then or email us at info at ignited.com and we'll we'll send you all the right links. And clarify the spelling on ignited one more time. For yeah, them. yeah. So ignited is I-G-N-T-D. It was one of those things I thought was really clever when I first created it, uh, but then nobody gets it. So I E N T D. Like ignited with an I and an E missing out of it. Um, and I'll, I'm sure we'll have it in the show notes and we'll Yes, for sure. I'll make sure it's in there. We'll tag you in stories and all that kind of stuff. But we did that. And then the other thing we did is we took all of our course offerings, which were normally $97 a month for the biggest one, and then like $25 for this one and $50, etc. We put them all in one package. And for $43 a month, you can get something like 35 hours of pre-recorded help content from on addiction, relationships, trauma, anxiety, family relationships. Because when I say hold on to something... We need to fill the day up. You cannot let this go loose. If you're really, really struggling, we're going to... I don't want to be that dramatic about it, but we're going to come out of this period and there's going to be a spike in suicides. There's going to be a spike in hospitalizations for mental health disorders. There are going to be massive spikes in also relationship breakups and things of that nature that we've talked about because right now we're still a little protected if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the middle of the eye of the storm, right? People are going to come out having lost their jobs. Like the business doesn't exist anymore that they used to work for. Um, but still having to support a family, still having a mortgage, still having rent, whatever that is. If you... And I'm, I'm being really, really serious about this. If you don't find... And if it's not me, find somebody else. If you don't find something to grab onto that you can use as support, as this escalates, it's just going to get harder and harder. Listen, uh, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but... Let's do this. I'm so serious about people having something to grab onto like this that I will pay for any listener's first month if they're mm-hmm. listening and they hear this, oh, if they want to join amazing. your guys, uh, you know, ignited support groups. Because otherwise, they're just going to be left to spiral out of control while nobody's yeah. really monitoring, right? There's no accountability right now. There's no built-in accountability. So if you're listening and if you hear this and if you want to participate and you, and you say, hey, even at $5 a session or whatever it is, that's too much money. I'm happy to pay for anybody's um, first month and whether they want to DM you guys or whether they want to DM me is, is fine, but I guess that's the best way to that's do amazing, it. Right? Have DM Thank us. You. So that's give beautiful. the, give the link to that one more time. 
Yeah. So ignitedrecovery.com is the easiest way to kind of get in our world. Um, and the website itself is igntd.com. If you add recovery on the end, that's specifically the addiction side. If not, igntd.com. There's a contact page on it. Tell me you heard this on uh, Chris's podcast and we'll figure it all out for you. Awesome. So cool. So guys, if you need uh, that financial assistance, know that it's there for you. Um, if you don't need it, obviously, pay, buy it your own damn self. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, I, you said you did something right now that I think is really important for people to tune into as well. And that is, we're going to come out of this and it's going to be, there's going to be a clear distinction between the people who had the wherewithal and the bandwidth and the safety net to handle this crisis and either come out more on top or at least come out okay. And then the people who are, just on a razor's edge, making it every month. And I think it is all of our jobs, all of our jobs. I spent two and a half weeks with my assistant just figuring out how do we cut the costs on all these things so that we can still function and not go out of business, but give hundreds of people help instead of a couple of dozen, which is what we would have done. And I want more and more people to tune into this thing of... I learned this a lot of this from you, man. I really, really did about... If you can give, give. Mm-hmm. Without worrying about how it's coming back to you, like fuck that shit. You don't don't worry about it. Give because right now the world is hurting and suffering, and people are hurting and suffering. And if we can use this opportunity to shift to an abundance mindset of oh, the better people are around me in the world at large, the better my life is, and the better everybody's life is. We'll live in a completely different existence. You know what I love about you guys is you never seem to be caught up in chasing money, but I know that you live a financially blessed and affluent life and you've mm-hmm. got brands that are absolutely thriving. How do you want your kids to grow up and view success and grow up and view money? Mm. I mean, I had a really fucked up view of money growing up. And I, and I feel like, you know, when you parent kids, you go one of two ways. You either follow in the footsteps of something, of an example that you just love from your parents, or you go the absolute opposite. Most of the time, I go the absolute absolute opposite. Um, my mom struggled with money. She basically lived paycheck to paycheck. She worked three jobs. Um, my dad sent child support, but like it was always this weird thing where she'd be like, "Well, your dad still hasn't paid, so we don't have groceries this week." But then she would like compulsively, like almost like binge eating, but binge spending. Um, and so it was just this weird relationship where like I was a little girl and we didn't have milk in the fridge for our cereal. And it's because my dad didn't send the check, but like, why am I in trouble and why am I being punished? So I never, ever, ever want them to feel that. Um, I want them to know what it feels like to work hard and earn whatever it is, mostly respect. Um, and just to want to work hard because it feels good. Like I work hard because it feels good, not because I need the money right now. Like I'm not going to stop working hard just because there's plenty of money in the bank and all my bills are paid off and I have a guarantee. Like, I love to work hard. I'm a hustler. I just love to get sweaty and, you know, fall in love with what it is that I'm doing and give it my all. I just, and I think Adi and I feel really similarly about that. We love to help people be passionate about what it is we're doing, ask ourselves the difficult questions of like, this isn't feeling fulfilling anymore or things don't feel right. How can I make a shift? Um, but like when you follow that abundance and, and passion-driven path, then the money follows eventually, even if it's not direct. 
you know, I think I came from a very different upbringing. Um, my dad was a physician. We lived in Israel, upper middle class, not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but but nice, like a good neighborhood, nice apartment, never lacked for much. Um, but then we moved to the States and we actually went through a couple of years of being poor, like a family of four living on 30 some thousand dollars a year, yeah. poor. And that taught me quite a bit. And then my dad started really making money in the States. And by the time he passed, he was doing really well. And so I kind of, I got to see multiple sides of this equation. And what I think is really cool to me about our kids, our kids know we work our butts off and, you know, they'll call us out on this sometimes like, Hey mommy, you're always working or whole dad, you're always working. But I don't think for a second, they get the impression that the work is the most important thing in the world. And we definitely show them the value of money. So like, you know, Sophie's been killing it for the last like, two years in her work, which has allowed us... We have a very interesting balance. Like, I support us or I was supporting us. And then I need to step back. So Sophie makes more money. Sophie starts a new project that takes a little while to take off. And so I have to step up and like take a new job on. And I take that off and all of a sudden... But Sophie's been blowing up for the last couple of years, which has given us more headroom than we've really ever had before together. But we're not walking into stores and buying the kids like $500 outfits because now we have money. So what our kids get to see is what do we spend our money on? We spend our money on food. We spend our money on a house so that they have a backyard. You know, they didn't... My kids didn't have a backyard. They had like this little patch of grass in the middle of our front yard for years. We wanted to give them the kind of life that they deserve. And it's a little more simple. Like even as we get more money, it's like, it's just a simple life. We want them to have simple childhoods to the best of our ability living in a big city and both of them being in the industry like there's definitely like the dichotomy of that but they go to a Waldorf school which is very simple um we try and keep those kind of principles very simple um and making sure they have what they need but also trying to teach them not to take anything for granted and that's a hard concept for a child to understand when you have everything you need to not take everything for granted because you have no perspective in that. Um, so we take them to volunteer. We take them, we talk about, you know, when there's a homeless person, we talk about it. We have them hand them the money um, and explain it to them afterwards and have a conversation. And sometimes there's tears involved and heartbreak. And, um, you know, we watch documentaries together about the world and how we can help and how people are suffering. And um, we during this COVID thing, same thing, like really trying to give them the perspective of like, Let's not complain right now, especially about not liking the type of food that's on your plate. We are so more than ever lucky to have food right now. And showing them videos of people in line, you know, with their food stamps. And it's just, it's, it's the constant sharing of abundance in terms of like an energetic thing. And that we're not like, we're very lucky that we are white privileged people and you know, even when we talk about Adi's past, same thing. We don't hold back. We're like, well, if Daddy were had any other color skin and didn't have educated parents, he would probably still be in jail right now for what he did. And we're very honest about that, you know, age appropriately, um, depending on how they are growing up and so not the, the their maturity. So, yeah, so, what? <laughs> so not, that's not the lecture for the two-year-old. No, not for the two-year-old. She's not quite there yet. But our almost 10-year-old is inquisitive and brilliant and um, compassionate. And I think that's the most important thing. And I think money and success, uh, all of it's just energy. 
Um, and it's really about like, what are you passionate about? What do you love doing? If you don't love doing it, you can change your mind, but don't give up just because it gets hard. Um, and those are the concepts we're really trying to drive home with them, whether it's quitting guitar or piano or a dance class or um, a job. They both work in the industry. They're models and actors. So that's been a really interesting dynamic, having them grow up. Um, they make their own money. And they know that they have an account waiting for them when they're 18 and that mommy and daddy can't touch that. And that's really interesting, teaching them to still you know, be true to themselves um, given the climate of the industry. And so it's, it's a lot. But I think really it's just about... Um, about love and loving what you do and, and being a good human. That's a fascinating answer. It's such a intentional and proactive effort that you're giving to making sure they see the whole range of human experience out there and, mm -hmm. and have appreciation for, you don't have to, you know, I'll borrow from you, Adi, uh, you don't have to have shame around having nice things or, or privilege or ability. And also you have to be highly conscious of you know, who doesn't and, and what your advantages are and, and all that stuff. That was one of the, the coolest answers from a parenting perspective, because I always ask this question when I'm talking to parents uh, that I've heard. It's a, it's a really cool example for people to follow. Thank yeah. you. So, all right, what's going to change for you guys coming out of this thing? The music starts up again. We're a lot out of our homes. What do you think is going to change for you guys? So it's funny, you know, I, for what, like a decade, I've been talking about how I want to get back, you said music, but I wanted to get back to actually making music because that's what I came out to LA for originally was to make music. Talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. Well, now we have a recording studio in the back, uh, in the garage. He's written like three or four songs in two weeks. And I'm, I'm addicted, man. Like I, I forgot how much it makes me alive. So that's not going away. I'm not letting that go away ever again. Are we getting that's a private concert? One. Oh, hell yeah. I'll All send right. you, I'll send you some of the, it's on SoundCloud now. So I'll send you some of the songs. Uh, and it's really, really, A, it's fun. I haven't had fun in a long time. I'm really serious oh. and I love working and I love contributing. I feel like that's my, the thing that I do, my purpose, my mission now. But I forgot to have fun for yeah. a very long time. So music is allowing me to get back into having fun. Like I bring the kids down and ask their opinion and we dance around to the music. And Even our baby loves to like, dance oh. around the garage as we're like in the like just listening so to cool. music and it's really nice actually during this time of covid people will like walk. I open the garage door and people will dance as they walk by that's and, like, awesome 90 year old women will walk by and she's like they're like is that you playing she's like that's real music <laughs> that's real music and like people are just like in the joy of just instead of being like turn that down they're like oh real music totally, totally. so that's yeah, been that's, that's cool. been a lot of fun but the other thing, you know, just because I, I know this podcast and the, a lot of the work you do, I was in the process of trying to figure out how to raise money for Ignited. Yeah. And um, we've been doing better. We've been growing month over month. And it's been really beautiful to watch. But it's very organic and it's all bootstrapped and we haven't raised five cents. So over the last couple of months, I've been having conversations with people and starting to prep for that. And then this hit. And I got a little scared for a second. I think mm -hmm. you and I texted a little bit too mm -hmm. about this. I got a little scared for a minute. And then I went, you know what? This is the time, the time. Yeah. that people need what we do more. So I actually ended up sending out a friends and family like fundraising thing. Had a couple of investor phone calls over the last few days of people who, you know, had to kind of understand what we're doing because the world is adjusting to our work. Mm -hmm. But once they got it, we're super excited and super on board. And so isn't it what a gift that people are now at, like you said, you've been on Zoom for four years doing this and having these groups and seeing clients and helping people and 
creating these live courses to help people heal from addictions and all kinds of different things. And now the world is experiencing this platform and now they can understand it. They wouldn't, most people wouldn't have even understood people it. People are like, well, what's, yeah. why not just go to a therapist? I'm like, yeah, but you miss. So now we get it. We get to show it. We get to show them the impact. And like I said, these growth opportunities I've wanted over and over and over, I have the perfect, I just, every phone call I have with an expert that I want to get on Ignited to be a coach on one of our calls is like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> Three weeks ago, a month ago, two months they're ago, they would have just, they're too busy. Yeah. But now I get a chance to prove um, that what we're doing means something and is important. And it's beautiful to see the growth. It's really, I'll be honest, not that it's, it's not fun that people are, that the world is going through this, but I am a, I have a workshop that if you sign up for the $43 subscription, you get, it's called the ultimate bliss um, blueprint. And I talk about human needs and I talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I, I go beyond that. But I give this example of, are you a glass half full, glass half empty person? And I, I'll give the punchline a little bit here where you can watch the whole workshop. I think that's the entire wrong setup. I'm a, let's make sure that my glass is intact so I can fill it. And then let's just keep filling it. Why, why half full? Why is half full the best I get? Mm -hmm. Why can't I fill it to the point where it's overflowing? Yeah. And then other people get splashed some more joy and fulfillment on top of them. That's the giving part. Everyone gets it's splashed. The giving part. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that to me is what I'm, I'm getting to experience right now. And I think, you know, again, my heart goes out to all the families that are affected by people are in the hospital, people who have passed away, people who you're unable to say goodbye to because they're, they're passing away alone in the hospital. And on top of that, there's like this shift that the world is going through. Mm -hmm. First of all, more, I feel like more connection between all humanity than ever, ever. But I don't think there's ever been a time in the history of mankind where all countries are speaking together in this way to try to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And then look what ha what's happening to the natural world. Mm -hmm. People are wondering if we were impacting the, the natural world. Well, I think it's going to become pretty clear that the impact that we've had now that the traffic has almost died down, the planes are not flying through as much, all that stuff. I've so, never seen LA so clear and like smells so good. Oh, it's awesome. We, it's I, we comment so, on it like every day. Yeah. Every day. So I think, I think we need to, again, Always, always, always see the silver lining, the the rainbow, the gold, you know, at, at the end of it, like all that stuff. We have to be able to focus on that or we lose the potential in what we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's so well said. Okay, so where can people tap in all your greatness, listen to the podcast, stalk you guys on Instagram, the whole nine yards? Where can we find you? Um, our podcast is Ignited. You can go anywhere you listen to podcasts. So I-G-N-T-D, Ignited. Um, and uh, my Instagram is sophie.jaffe. And then my company account is Philosophy Love. Um, and my website is thephilosophy.com. Yeah. And if you go to ignted.com, ignited.com, um, our podcast is on there. The relationship course, all this stuff that we have is also um, present there. And my Instagram and pretty much everywhere, my social media is at Dr. Adi Jaffe, D-R-A-D-I-J-A-F-F. I love it. Two very special human beings that just happen to be under one roof. So everybody make sure that you follow them. Uh, share like all your takeaways from this, all, all the things. Check out all their programs. So I've got one last question. Either one of you can answer this or both of you. I'm not attached to anything. And it's this. 
give me a reason why, and boy, especially right now, while we're facing a challenging time, people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success. I only get to give one reason. <laughs> well, um, you can ramble. I'm good at that. First of all, again, right? I'll go back to my fuck shame moniker, the, the, the thing that runs through all the work that I do. You know, we have this tendency to think of the concept of selfishness as being only self-serving. But I've got to say that if you really take the idea of what serves the self the most, you have to extend outside of oneself. Because in the end, let's say you had all the money in the world, all the houses, all the cars, all the women, all the clothes, all the whatever it is that, that makes you consider yourself successful. If you had it alone, you'd be miserable. Because everybody else would want what you have. Nobody would be able to get it. The entire world would be suffering around you. And so mm -hmm. the idea of selfishness as only serving the single individual, I think is, is wrong in itself. Mm -hmm. Serving your best interest is to create the utmost success for you. And at the same time, allow your literally your adjacent universe to benefit from that success. Um, again, it's one of the things I've seen with you and a lot of the people that you interact with and work with. And it, we saw it in what you did by, by giving here. It's how can I make my universe the best that it can be? And once when you understand that as a concept of being successful, there is no apology for it because everybody gets to win. So all it is is about shifting your perspective from how do I get the most to how do I make my world the best that it can be. Wow. Absolutely love that. Love that. Sophie, you want to take a crack at it? Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success. I think the more successful um, a person is and the more that your cup is filled, it's kind of like where people feel guilty or bad or whatever about being selfish, quote unquote. It's not being selfish to be successful. It's not to like live your fullest potential is the greatest gift that you can give. That's the whole point of living is to come to your greatest point of potential. And by filling up your own cup, by doing things that satisfy you and make you feel passion and ignited and um, lit up and successful, like that's the point of living. And that just by you being your fullest expression, it allows other people to be challenged, to want to mirror that. Like our mirror neurons want to do the same. Like, oh, like expanders and all these things that people talk about. By you being ignited and, and being the fullest, most successful version of who you are, it only encourages me to want to do the same. Wow. Absolutely love it. Listen, first of all, just a, a clear thank you for the past hour plus that you guys have spent on the show here. It means the world to me. But more than that, the two of you are literally made for times like this, where we're facing uncertainty and we're facing fear and we're facing shame and we're facing just where life has literally been knocked out of balance. The two of you have been created for this moment. And so what you guys are doing um, is not just a gift to everybody, but it's only going to get bigger from here. So a million thank yous from me and from everybody listening. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks, so nice Chris. to finally join you here. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. 
It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.